0: You're listening to the Mind Made Wrong podcast, presented by Steel Maggie. Episode number 25, part one. mind-made-wrongers. I don't think that's our title officially just yet, but hello. How are you guys doing? I'm Steel Maggie, you know me, of course you do. This is Mind Made Wrong and I am here with this week's guest. Please introduce yourself. How are you today? Isadiva. Diva.
1: Hi everybody, Isadiva Diva here, your beautiful drag queen I'm honored to be here with, with Still Maggie. Thank you so much for having me on your interview. I've been really looking forward to it.
0: Yes, I've been really looking forward to you. So Isa, tell us where we can find you on social media and the internet.
1: You can find me on Instagram. I am ISA Diva Queen. That's I-S-S-A-D-I-V-A-Q-U-E-E-N. Um, I don't have Twitter My Facebook is still very personal, so that's useless. Um, But you can email me at isadivaqueen at gmail.com. I do enjoy emails.
0: I do love your emails. (laughs) I love your correspondence, darling. (laughs) Yes, and we will repeat that at the end, so stay tuned if you missed it. Okay, Issa, tell us your origin story. Tell us all about how you... Grew up, how you lived, how you got into drag. And don't forget to mention, wow. oh, <laughs> just kidding. Yes, Tell us about how you got into entertainment.
1: Wow. Well, my whole life, I've always grown up feeling like I just belonged in front of people's attention. And just be- belonged on stage. I belong getting people to smile, getting reactions out of people. Like, those are the things that made me like, happy as a kid and growing up i kind of like um always you know just admire pop stars and female <laughs> artists um, and i always wanted to be something like that and be very dramatic and beautiful on stage but you know being a singer i didn't really practice my singing um liking music i didn't really practice songwriting <laughs> yeah i didn't practice songwriting didn't practice piano playing so like it was really confusing cuz i was always i knew i was supposed to be somewhere in this industry but i really didn't know where or how I was going to fit in or be taken seriously. Um, So in 2012, I exposed myself to RuPaul's Drag Race Season 4. And that's when... um,
0: Latrice! Yes, (laughs) my my
1: exposure to drag was was started right there through that show. uh, And um, it was in 2013 when Miley Cyrus released Bangers. And it was
0: it sp- was that long ago? yeah no years fucking ago. way seriously yeah. yes
1: <laughs> she released bangers and one of the title tracks um bangers was the first song i could like see myself on stage dancing my ass off to getting money getting people excited and it just popped in my head like
0: dollars in the pan yeah like you
1: know what if i were to be a drag queen but i you know drag wasn't very as mainstream as it is right now so it was still like that taboo idea i didn't really think i would see that for myself, or, yeah, just. I just thought like, oh, I should do something else. No shade to drag, because obviously that's what I'm all about now. (laughs) But um, yeah, so it was, you know, 14, 15, 16, 2014, 15, 16, I was kind of just going through the motions of just working, you know, a minimum wage job and being in a relationship and just, you know, developing as an adult. So I was easily distracted by all those things where I wasn't really focusing on becoming a full fledged queen. Um, it wasn't until my brother passed away a couple of years ago where I got this push to you know, live my authentic truth and to like, not be ashamed to hide myself from the world. Because I don't think he did that ever. He was very you know, outgoing and people loved him for those reasons. And I wanted to do the same thing, but my own way. So I decided to make it a goal to be a drag queen and I was gonna learn the craft and be taken seriously one day. And so I'm here today just taking little steps. Yeah.
0: Beautiful. I want to know, I mean, albeit he was, you know, a, um, a straight male. So it was a little bit easier for him to live his truth because there wasn't more to it that people would not accept. Um, but he was so, um, I remember, you know, being, you know, I have I've known him for you know my entire adult life. You know, I had known him, and I was like, I didn't, I completely forgot. You know, it's like, oh, it's just Tommy, yeah. right? But right. um, we have to stop really. And this is almost like a tangent at the very beginning, but um, this man, you know, this this brother of Issa, you know, he, he was amazing, and I, just the way that he lived his life and the way that he really cared I think and really made it so that he he showed you that he cared genuinely you know and he wasn't like super lovey-dovey he wasn't like you know like right he wasn't yeah no no but yeah he wasn't um um so intentional about it you know like he he just really had a heart for other people and um there was no fake about him you know and um when it came to him passing it was it was like I realized like how much of a blessing that he had been, you know, in the times that I had spent with him. And um, so I was wondering, you know, cause you said, um, why did you, I know that it, it sometimes it takes a tragedy to bring us all together, but yeah. like, do, what was it about that that made you say, okay, like it's time for me to do this.
1: I just really felt like, um, you know, just, you nothing is ever really guaranteed in this life. I, I learned that immediately, and you know I could go about the rest of my days, you know, weighing out what am I going to do with myself, how I'm going to live my truth. But unless I actually do it, I'm just going to be living in regrets, honestly. And life's too short to be feeling regretful all the time for the things that you didn't do when you know you could have. I think that's really what it was. It just kind of just shook me and like got me out of that haze I was in of just drifting around you know and I, you know, I, I remember st- that yeah you know? I still drift around I'm still I like to call myself a drifter which is no yeah it just goes through emotions um but you know yeah losing my brother is what really kind of got me out of that shell of just being comfortable in there like I'm striving for more these days and I want more for myself versus um wanting to be something for someone else that I'm not you know
0: yeah I Wow, I mean, we're already heavy, right? Yeah, it's, getting heavy. <laughs> it's, it's hard. Really it's hard to heavy really quick. Really started out
1: um, all the trauma
0: <laughs> with the way that it happened. You know, it was so like completely out of the blue. It was a family reunion, right? And right. it was there was there was nothing. That was like the worst time, and a lot of times in life, that's how it is. You know, and you're not even expecting anything like that and you want to go you want to think for the best for yourself and you want to think um oh yeah i could get out of that you know so fast and you know not, not like so fast because obviously it's your brother but like i'm gonna be i'm gonna be even better you know it's like from coming from coming from like a a 2020 perspective um in hindsight it seems so like it's like oh yeah well of course this would have happened but i want i want to talk about um how it was in the moment because I, I know we get. I want to start getting more and more deep here on mind and wrong, and I know that you went through really a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Obviously, yeah. you know, and because um, he was so important to you, you know, as someone who accepted you, as one of the first people who actually accepted you for who you were, right? You know, yeah. As Tim, right? As Isa, you know, he he really went for that, you know. So tell me about that
1: um yeah losing him was intense for sure um i was actually the one you know who sent him out to
0: get the car yeah get yeah. the
1: car so everyone catches up you know he got hit by a car outside our home um yeah i was the one who sent him out there to go in and get the car move it across the street from my aunt so she can come inside immediately usually i'm the one who does that and i don't know what was with me in that moment but i just told him hey you go out there and yeah um what felt like, you know, five, 10 minutes must've been like close to half an hour. I don't know how long he was really out there, but the moment we um, realized there's something going on outside and the moment I realized he wasn't around immediately, I just got this gut feeling that there's just something really wrong. And um, it was so weird because, you know, uh, as you're feeling all these things happening, you're, for me at least, it was very um, familiar. Like it wasn't very shocking because I had always kind of Imagined these things happening before, and it's almost like I've kind of seen it happen before, just in my own head, and really? seeing it happen in real life, it was like, "Oh, I've already been here. It was really strange. Really?: Yeah, it wasn't until everybody else followed um, outside and, and you know, started making the commotion and the noise where it started to feel scary and real, real, And I started to accept it, and yeah, it was just the strangest thing you know, to see him lying out there um, taken away from us. I already felt like he was already gone when I saw him out there. Like I wasn't looking at him anymore. I was just looking at a, at a corpse. And, even, but even when we got to the hospital and they announced him like five minutes after we got there, uh, it was still heartbreaking. And really couldn't. Kind of, I guess I was holding on to the last bit of hope that everything might be okay. And it wasn't. And I just never experienced anything like that before. And it kind of just took my depression to whole new levels of just darkness and, and just feeling very hopeless and very angry, and yeah, just very, very unpleasant. I don't like ever feeling that way.
0: No, no. I, no. I wanna talk about how you got through that. I know there was, it's, been a, it's, been a, it's been two years, two yes. and a half years at this point. Yeah, yeah. We're going on three um, in yeah, January. Yeah, um, so I wanna talk about how, how we came out of that as people you know, how, how you came out of that as it's, it's, I think this is like the, this is episode 25 probably of Mind Made Wrong and oh, 25. Hey, hey girls. Yes. Um, but, um, we haven't really talked about so much in in depth about grief and about how it really changes people. And I really want to know how, um, we talked, we touched on it, like you introduced it, but I want to know
1: the where is. you went i just went into this place where literally everything around me just did not matter like for any just nothing mattered you know tommy was the only thing that mattered seeing him again was the only thing that mattered um knowing that he's okay and he's alive and well somewhere else was the only thing that really mattered and yeah everything else just i didn't care for and it was almost to the point where i was kind of ready to go myself you know like I could easily see myself just dying today and it'd be fine because like what else is there to live for if we're all just gonna you know be ripped from this world one day I mean it was just very strange I felt just unmotivated to pursue anything that I really wanted for myself I okay. think I kind of talked to you about yeah. that a little bit you know I thought about maybe going into the medical field working as an EMT or something yeah and yeah just giving up this whole like Glam life that I kind of wanted for myself all along because I didn't think it was that important. Like I should be um, maybe taking care of others, helping others in other ways. But I knew, like in the long run, that would probably make me more of a depressed person because I'm repressing things. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: yeah. But um, in terms of the healing, you know, I did go into therapy. I was in therapy prior to that, but it was a good thing that I was already in therapy, and that's just a good place to go and really just look yourself in the mirror and kind of understand what are the things that make you who you are and um you have to let go of things and people who kind of contribute to your depression not so much make you depressed but they, they definitely play a role and yeah. at that time it was my relationship that wasn't probably the best place for me to be in um so it took you know removing myself from, from that and um doing the things that that generally just make me happy, like putting on eyelashes and putting on lipstick. Genuinely makes me happy and feel better about myself. You know, that's a very way to heal yourself from anything. That's
0: my quote. That's, <laughs> just, just put on lipstick. Put on <laughs> eyelashes. You know, it's actually not false. You know what I'm no, saying? As, like, false as, but, are, and, yeah. as false as they are. As false as they are. It's... <sighs> it's so true. It's like you can put on some things, just do these little lashes, put on a little blush, put on a little lippy lip, and you are ready for the day. And anything, like you can do chores in such a better mood, you know? And And um, heels, for sure. And heels, guys, try it. Men, women, anyone in between, try it. You should do it. Um, But isn't it funny? Because I, you know, I hadn't thought about it this way. But when you were talking about, you know, going into maybe medical stuff, and, um, that wasn't your truth, no. you know what I'm saying? And Tommy was all about you. Like if he, if you had done that, if it had nothing ever happened and you had been like, yeah, I'm just not feeling this drag thing because, you know, I'm scared, right? Yeah. I'm scared. And you were like, yeah, Tommy, I'm going to go into like medical shit. And he'd be like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> like, he'd, he'd be upset, you oh know, because God. he wouldn't, because he knew who you wanted, who you really wanted. Be. And um, a big part of what I do or what I talk about on this podcast is really um, doing the uncomfortable things so that you can do the things that you really want to do. Um, and so, um, which is, it's, it's not uncomfortable to, you know, study something, you know, you know whatever, like anyone can go to school. Right. Anyone mm-hmm. can be like, oh yeah, it's it's uncomfortable to get on camera, to put on your makeup, get on camera and like perform an entire lip sync. You know what I'm saying? That's scary, especially if you haven't done that before. Yeah. You know, especially. um but it's it's so intimidating. because like so many people have done it before and like so many people are so good at it. You are so good at it. I mean, <laughs> people you. need to people need to come to more steel maggie shows as well. But um when you do, when you actually do the thing. That you said you were going to do, there's a magic that happens there, and so what I really what I really want to get into is um, how did you go about not not just because of therapy but after therapy, basically, yeah. how did you go about that process of healing, and what would you tell someone um, who is going through the same thing as you? God forbid, I would wish that on anyone yeah. right, but what would you tell someone who is who is struggling in their lives and in their hearts feels like their mind is made wrong. And, um, you know, it doesn't have to be the situation. Right. But it, if someone feels like they are just wrong, you know, and they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're struggling, how did you, how, what was the point that was like, Hey, Issa diva, you know, it's like, what was the moment? I know you had therapy and I know like, but I want to hear about, um, the churnings of your mind. I want to hear, you know, those little, cogs going around about what was that moment and how did you continue into that moment you know because it's not just like it's not just the split second right guys it's about it's the continuation yeah it's the it's the persistence against the resistance so that's kind of what i want to hear about what would you tell them
1: well that moment of me um kind of just embracing myself uh, really came from like like I would stand in front of the mirror and just like pose my body in feminine and girlish ways, you know, and yeah, like I would model. And actually, you know, that was the thing that like kind of like clicked in my head. Like I could totally be a, um, a supermodel and be fine. And I would slay the game. Can't she though? No. Like, Can yeah, she? I could do like campaigns and like work in third face and all that. And it was when I was starting to really believe those things. It's when I I kind of cut off that that message. That I was always told that you are a boy. You should grow up to be a man and do, you know, man things, you know, marry a woman, have kids, provide for your kids, all that typical American stuff. And like, yeah, and I was, my whole life, I was trying to believe those kinds of things for myself, but, and I always felt detached from it. Mm-hmm. And it caused a lot of anger and a lot of like resentment towards myself, towards others. But it was in that moment of, you know, seeing myself in the mirror and like seeing myself look pretty. That really did it for me, like you know I am pretty, I'm pretty because I am these things, you know, mm-hmm. and that 's just my truth, and that 's how I shine the most, and um it was just very healing and very therapeutic to to just embrace it, and stop fighting it, really
0: I'm pretty because I am
1: yeah. Cause that's how God made me. That's how He intended me to be. I love it. And I know. I'm sorry if it comes off a little vain. No, 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 no. No, just, no, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. no. I really don't care if you I'm you're pretty because you are. Yeah, I really don't care if I'm vain because I honestly I spent a lot of my life growing up just hating myself feeling and feeling very yeah. ugly. Yeah. And, and like, yeah, you know that from the moment you met me, how yeah. I would refer to myself as a monster and and just unlovable, unlikable, just someone who just belongs at the bottom. of the trash barrel that's how Warm, I legitimately right? yeah I yeah. just saw myself and I think if I had just taken more time to just say you know I'm a pretty girl I have pretty hair I have pretty eyes I have pretty lips and the older I got I got these beautiful hips <laughs> um, I think it just would have made life a little easier to, to just go with and embrace and and focus on the things that I that I'm good at Brilliant. what I would tell to someone who feels the same way is that you know it, first of all it's not your fault that you feel this way and you can do a ton of things to make yourself feel better. And it does take work. I would also tell them that it's not really ever going to go away. Your struggles, whatever it is, it is that may be, and it's probably going to follow you for the rest of your life. That's something that I've kind of accepted for myself, but there are th- ways to help yourself if you want to, or you can just totally embrace the darkness and live that way. Cause there's a lot of people who do it, and they're yet. fine with it. Maybe they think they're fine with it, But it works for them, you know, they're functional depressed people. And um but I just knew I didn't want that for myself. I think I would have gone worse. Um, you know, depression makes me gain weight. (laughs) I don't like that at all. So it makes you hungry. Yeah. It would have made me yeah, I just think it just would make me just a worse version of myself that I wanted to avoid so bad, but it was gonna happen regardless, because I was allowing those things to happen. Um I would tell these people to to know what it is that makes them genuinely happy. It can be your favorite pop song or your favorite croissant at a cafe. It could be your favorite Starbucks drink. I don't drink Starbucks, Cold but brew. that's okay. It could be anything that genuinely brings you joy. The way I found out about those things is because I would keep referring to the time I was in my relationship. There's a lot of things that I like that he didn't really like. And I started to take that Ooh. on myself. You know, like, okay, well, I guess that's bad. I guess it's really not that big of a deal. Or there are other things that you can be into. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, you're just you're just ripping yourself apart really when you're refusing the things that, that make you who you are. So I think it's important for, some, for these people to know what it is that makes them truly happy and to keep up with those things.
0: What is, you and I have been through not like super similar situations, but similar situations where actually yeah similar situations and not in the the depth of what you went through but with with me where it was like I really just kind of shed everything that was about me and I was kind of a shadow of a person through a couple of actual relationships and um what is it you know there's I'm sure there's listeners out there and viewers now that we're on YouTube right um but what was it that made you was it a, a fear of being rejected, or was it just what was it that made you say "fuck you" to everything that you loved? You know, was it the perceived love of this person? What was it?
1: It, it was a lot of things. That perceived love that I had for mm-hmm. that person, I loved him very, very much. as all. My of course heart. you did. Yeah, yes, yeah. Um, and it was also a fear of being re- not so much rejected, but being um, being left and being left to be alone because. I couldn't fit the mold that they wanted, and um, yeah, you know, when you're when you're the kind of person that I am, when you where you just really put all your eggs into that one basket, um, it's going to be really hard to want to to try and let it go and to understand that there's something else for you. It's very hard to understand that
0: in the moment, absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: And so you know, instead of just you know letting life come by and and make me a single person again, I decided, well, I'm going to do everything I can to stay in this relationship, to make it work, to make him proud of me. Um, to make him just want me and only me and nobody else. But I needed him to, to want me like this.
0: So you would tell yourself back then, it's like honestly, like Dick is not, you know, but not just Dick, but like anything. You know what I'm saying? It's like you you thought that being alone was so scary, but hey, look at you now. I
1: actually like you it. You like more. it. That yeah single that
0: was, girls.
1: That was a huge lesson to single learn ladies. to embrace single life when you're single and there's nobody over you telling you what you got to do where you got to be you're that much less depressed and less anxious about your life and what you're doing with yourself you know you're just doing the things that you want to do that's what makes people happy i think that's a lesson here today you guys do what you want to do because you're going to be a lot more happier <laughs> if you're doing versus yes. doing something <laughs> that other people are telling you to do
0: or um, what society expects you right okay so um what i want to ask so we're gonna put it out towards y'all okay from your perspective what do you see as the biggest pain point pain point for mental health in 2019 when it comes to entertainment and lgbtq plus right now and in what ways do you think that drag and you are able to shine a light on those issues
1: i think the biggest pain point would be a lack of support from your inner circle, whether that's your family or your friends, um, if you don't have that support, you know, you're gonna go out seeking it in other places. And that's still very much the case today. You know, there's a lot of youth who get kicked out of their homes still because they're identified as LGBTQIA+. Um, They resort to prostitution on the street. They resort to a life of drug use, engaging in a harmful sexual activity. And it just just ruins you, you know. If you had that support, that where people were just telling you, you know, you are okay, you are great, and amazing, just by being who you are, you know, you could probably focus on school a little easier, or focus on that music you want to pursue a little more, work on your dancing a little better, and just shine brighter for the world to see. But when that that inner, where um, that base of support should be, when it's not there, it's just it's the making just for a really hard life, I think. And, um, I think drag is, drag is very powerful because it's controversial and it's political. Don't ask me how political because I really don't know, I'm just quoting Drag Race right now. (laughs) But it is very controversial because, you know, it's a man with a dick getting up and he's wearing fishnets and heels and he's making the crowd gag, you know? it's just very easy to to be a drag queen and to spark conversation. And I think if more queens were to step up and spark conversation about mental health and um, supporting, you know, each other from within the community, because there is still a lot of discrimination between ourselves towards each other. Really?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. there really is. Yeah.
1: You know, um, drag queens can be those leaders that, that inspire others to want to be the same thing. And, you know, it, it's nice to get up there and be sparkly and, be beautiful and get the coin but we should also use our platform to help others
0: yeah yeah drag is very um normalized at this point i think you know we're in 2019 um but it's not um politicized as much as it used to be and i really feel i really feel like it should be because it was such a political thing right if anyone has seen Paris is burning you really should see Paris is burning because um the issues that were going on when these people had nothing they had they were they were paying their bills with their drag and not even paying their bills like these people were were dying you know of AIDS you know in the 80s and um they were they were being abused and they had they they had a lot of stuff going on there was drugs there was a lot of Things going on that like people don't even stop to think about now. You know, we got these Instagram queens. No shade to y'all, which love y'all, but um, let's be a little bit more vocal about real issues. Real issues, because you know, obviously, in the current am- administration, when people come and watch this, like in history, we're going to see that this was a time that was problematic. You know, and that people really should speak out on that the maximum amount of people should be actively working against, so vocal against, you know. Um, we need to see more of that, I think. And um I want to hear what you want to do and what you would like to see more of in terms of political um just it's and it's not it should honestly shouldn't even be political, right? But that's where we are, you know. Um but in yeah in terms of it will not be America soon. (laughs) But you know what I'm saying? Like, you—it's it's up to us, right? You know, we need to make this. We need to make this stand. Um, so, what would you like to see in terms of what people are doing in drag? What people are saying in drag?
1: I want to see, honestly, I just want to see more—a more a bigger message of kindness and love to be spread around. And like, I know it's what pe- a lot of people kind of just like throw out there. Oh yes, love all. Be kind to all but do we actually really show it in our actions do we express it in our words that we use to one another i want to see more of that um and hopefully i, I want my drag to inspire that message because you this world could thrive us so much better on just pure kindness and love for one another i think it really can um, i think i'm really good at just naturally being kind and nice to people, and um, And I like when others are nice to me. It makes me feel more at ease and better about myself. And there's just, there's not enough of that these days. Everyone is, I I honestly feel like everyone is just scared of one another. And we're all just not really brave enough just to speak up about and be honest about it. Like, yeah, you know, you make me nervous when you look at me. (laughs) We'd rather be a bitch and just give side eye or or comment something mean instead. Um, But if we were just, you know, just vocalize our insecurities a little bit more, we could create more of a safer space to encourage one another. Do you know, you don't, you don't have to feel that way because I see this in you and you should do that more because it makes you shine. I want to see more of that in my community.
0: You want to radicalize, you want to yeah. radicalize your kindness. Yeah. Yeah. Cause no one, I feel like it's people want to, but it's just like, Oh, that's, that's too much. I feel like, I feel like the most important message of this, of your episode Isa, is that, um, be extra. Be extra. Don't be afraid of the extra. Be extra kind. Be extra radical. Be extra loving. Be extra you. Because extra femme. femma <laughs> Shout out to pop star femme because she's wonderful. Love y'all. Um, but be extra femme because with literally cycling back to Tommy, you don't have another chance to be extra anything else. Nice. You know, there is nothing else. So if you are not to be, um, I don't want to say it because like when I, when I'm having a manic episode, you know, I really, I get scared, you know, cause I, I am bipolar. Um, and I get scared and it's, it kind of compounds upon each other when I'm, I feel like I'm being, I know, like I'm really aware of what's happening. I can't really control it, you know, chemically. Um, so I feel like I'm being so extra and I can't really help it. Um, but um that and this is an extreme example. I'm not saying go you know super embrace, you know, like don't don't justify your actions if they're they're not justifiable. Um, but don't be afraid to be the maximum of who you are in the moment, um, if it is not harming anyone else, and if you are completely in living your best spirit I think that's that's the best thing that I can tell you right now so I think that's that's the most important part of drag is that you can't it is it it not only excuses you to be extra but it it justifies everyone to be extra yes you know and saying that extra shouldn't even be extra what is extra just be you right you know just be on at all times you want to be on then be on you want to be off be off let everyone else shut the fuck up, you know. I I don't know. I just felt I felt angry at that moment because I, like I was like, "Yes." <laughs> I used to get <laughs> here. No, is it so real, you know, in the moment for us because we are speaking on this at this moment. But you know, in our own lives, we struggle with it. It's like, oh, like I need to tone down. Yeah. Right. I need to this, I need to that, I need to this because people are going to be like,
1: oh, "That's too much." For unfollow. And I'm yeah. like, "Okay,
0: <laughs> bye, sweetheart." Um the more the what I've been really studying actually is the more you really express your absolute true north, you know, your absolute true self, is the more people will actually latch on to you. The less filtered that you are, um, the more that you will actually see people identifying that because that's what people want to be. That's what you want to, that's what want to be. That's what I want to be. That's who you want to be. We see people who are completely unfiltered and it's like, oh my God, I wish I could be like them. You can. <laughs> not
1: really you
0: can. <laughs> it's not it's not the easiest thing in the world, right? But um
1: it's definitely rewarding.
0: It's rewarding. Yeah. Yeah, and the more I do it, the more it becomes a habit. So actually, like, extraness is a habit. (laughs) (laughs) This is so good right now. (laughs) Extraness is a habit and make it yours. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to start to wrap up a little bit. Not too much, Um, but I want to know, I'm starting to think in terms of vision and legacy lately. And I want to know what your vision is for your future and for the future of drag.
1: I, for my future, I see a lot more drag, a lot more makeup, glam, being uncomfortable all the time in my yes. shoes. Yes, yes. <laughs> no, this that's pain, all it is. <laughs> it is very painful, <laughs> especially if you want to get into sitting. It's a bit more pain right there. Um, I plan to have a snatched tuck for sure. <laughs> I'm not tucked right now, just so you guys know. And I have hair on my feet too.
0: She's out. (laughs) I mean, all of us kind of do. I mean, some of it's peach fuzz, but like I was black. No, I (laughs) I was literally just looking at yours and I'm like, it looks good with the black. It It does. It just looks like, you know, it looks natural. And I feel like everyone needs to go, needs to start thinking in that. Like it is literally natural. Like, let's fuck all of like this, like, who wears short shorts, right? Because it's like we all wear short shorts. And we're all hairy. And we're all hairy. My friend Issa's, you know, um, smattering too. of hair, <laughs> but it looks natural and we need to start being a natural community. You know what I'm saying? I like agree. also earth sensitive, like who knows how many razors are in the ocean, you know, or in landfills right now. And it's like, if we just like, we're like super like, confident with these like legs of ours as i'm as i'm talking to you right now with shaved legs like let's be honest <laughs> um, i am talking to you right now with shaved legs but i want to start i don't know, i really want to start advocating that you know um and working on that in myself because it's not a bad thing
1: it's you know not a bad thing. it's not a bad thing it should be up to everyone it should be up to
0: everyone's preference know? and i feel like you know if someone were to you know like you know, to see my legs right now, you know, it's like, you know what, like, I haven't, I haven't, to be honest, guys, I haven't shaved, like, the top, you know, of my, my knee, I haven't gone above my knee, you know, it, to me, it looks just fine, you know, I have shaved above that before, and we're going really TMI right here, but I want to be real, like, I have shaved above that before, but it doesn't make a difference in what my leg looks like, you know, and it doesn't make a difference in what I perceived my leg to look like. It doesn't make a difference in the value of my leg. My leg is a leg,
1: you know. Just leg. It's the just
0: leg. a leg. We went we went so off right now, but I feel like it's very important.
1: Right in the moment.
0: It is very important. People get very um, intense and pretty misogynistic about um, leg hair when it's really, it's not a a male, female, non-binary, or anything in between. It's none of that. It is a literally human characteristic that allows us to be, um, what's it called? Like, winter not months. warmer, yeah, in the winter months. <laughs> it's October, guys, come on, continue. <laughs> Legacy, vision, yes.
1: girl. Legacy, um, I want to be a RuPaul's Drag Race girl. Yes, you will be. Yeah, I keep telling everyone, you know, catch me on season 15. It's October 20... October 7th,
0: 2019 right now. This is your official... Declaration. Uh, declaration. This is, it's just like, when, like, they have, like, the, the presidential candidates. Yes. This is your announcement. Like yes. This is your, like, running.
1: I'm yeah. running for next Drag Race superstar <laughs> on RuPaul's Drag Race season 15. If not then, shortly after. Um, I see... And I see myself inspiring other people just to be kinder and nicer, not only to others, but most, first of all, to themselves. Right. Because I was never good at that my whole life. I was never kind to myself. And I'm trying to be more kinder these days to myself because if I'm not good to myself, I won't be good to any other people. See, um,
0: wait, what, what, is, what does RuPaul say?
1: He likes to say, if you don't love yourself, how can you love someone else? Yes. I see owning my own brand. And yeah, just you know, kill. I, I see myself making money on <laughs>
0: No, 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 declare yeah. that, yeah. there is no shame in money. Money is money is paper.
1: I see money myself, to, yeah. I I'm, most importantly, I want to inspire the kind of people who just can't believe in themselves. That, I, that was, you? I was yeah. always me. And I, you know, I still struggle to believe in myself. Putting on my face today, I was struggling to believe in it. And I want to inspire those people to, to, to stop with that message and just know that they are capable of doing it, know that they have beautiful features about themselves, that should be shared with with others and shouldn't be hidden because they don't see it themselves. You know, I wanna I wanna I wanna inspire a lot more of that through my drag, through my art, through my brand, my name. Isa. Isa.
0: Isa what? Isa diva. Issa diva. <laughs> I want to know one last thing from you. Yes. It is October twenty nineteen, and I started this podcast in twenty in May twenty nineteen, which is like actually in the long in the long run, it's like super short time, but um, I keep asking this question of all my interviewees, yes. and I want to know, how do you plan to continue, actually, I'm sorry, blah, how have you created beautiful things in 2019, and how do you continue to create them into 2020?
1: I have created my drag Insta page. Yeah very big for me because it is my platform to, to be who i am um yeah once i made that page that's what made it real for me like okay i gotta do this i'm an actual queen yeah. and i have a, a reputation now to uphold um i collaborated with you and debuted myself as an official performer in drag back in april 2019 a good show it was it, a, a it was it was a
0: really good show honestly like it was honestly no one knows it. come
1: true for me because yeah. i never if that show didn't happen, I probably still wouldn't have performed up to this day. Honestly, that's that's me being real with my tea. Like, mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't have performed if that, that time didn't happen. Um, so, yeah, it's been that. And, you know, I got these nails at Claire's <laughs> my, my hands. And I, I want to get more manicures, create prettier hands. Let's
0: go get them. I need to get – okay, I'm, like, hella broke right now. But, like, let's go get paid. And, like, get it, like <laughs> – Acrylics, because I have everyone knows this about me. Who like knows this? You know, like I get acrylics, and yes. then like they fuck up my nails, and then I get like that. I then I have to let them grow out because I'm like I want my nails to not be like brittle and broken. And then I get and then I, it's just like this vicious cycle. But like I've had like plain nails for like at least three months now. So like I, it's time. It's time. Yeah. Okay. So Absolutely. nails. Absolutely. 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 What do you continue? What are you going to continue to create in 2019 and 2020? Because I know that we've got a show yes. coming out. Yes. We've got first show at 340.
1: Yes. So on November 1st, what? Friday night at 9 p.m., I will be at 340 Nightclub in Pomona, California. It was the first club I ever started going to when I started getting out and experiencing gay nightlife and drag culture in person besides the show. So Same, it's, it's really special that, yeah, I get to do it there. I feel like it's come full circle i even worked there once randomly for one night as a as a some kind of host just, yeah. I, I was trying to get people's emails Yeah, it felt very awkward and ugly doing it oh so, their email list yeah. yeah so um i feel yeah it's just come full circle to just go back there and be a queen but, and be the girls i was seeing at, back at the time and yeah i just plan on doing more of that performing more regularly creating more online content um makeup tutorials um creating a solid youtube page and just really connecting with other people who are like-minded and see the same things that i see and do.
0: so my friends so my beautiful creators you just you've just you've been slayed i feel like this is this is just it's such a powerful interview i, I can't i can't put my finger on what's so powerful about it maybe it's cuz it's isa and isa is a goddess But she is going to tell you, in case you missed it in the beginning, where you can find her. But uh, honestly, like, her magnetism is going to attract you, nonetheless. She's going to make it easy,
1: right? Very easy. (laughs)
0: Very easy.
1: (laughs) Very easy. It's just one tag you have to really think of. It's Issa Diva Queen at... What? Louder? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Louder! Okay, start again. <laughs> no, no, keep going. You, you can find me on Instagram at Issa diva Queen, I-S-S-A-D-I-V-A-Q-U-E-E-N. Issa diva Queen on Instagram. You can also email me at Gmail using E at diva Queen. Um, that's basically it. I don't have a lot of other tags. I probably or handles. I see, I don't even know how to say it right.
0: What I want you to do is to email Isa. I want you to follow her. I want you to subscribe to her on YouTube because she will be Issa D. Queen.
1: Somewhere on YouTube. Somewhere on YouTube. Yeah. No, 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 no. You're going (laughs) to
0: (laughs) sue. You're going to subscribe to her. You're going to follow her and you're going to send her an email telling her what you got from this motherfucking interview and how you're going to live your life yes i know she does i know she does i know i was just looking at her for support and don't feel intimidated we are here we're not going to hit you back like assholes i want to respond to you let me know talk to us talk to us tag us actually tag us at steel maggie hq at Isadivaqueen on instagram tag us in your stories screenshot the podcast if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Deezer, wherever you're listening on your phone or up top, and tell us what you thought I want to hear from you. All right. Well, my friends, this has been an absolutely amazing, 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 uh, crazy mind-made-wrong interview. I expect full participation and also full attendance next week in class for episode number 26. But until then, my beautiful creators, let's go create beautiful things. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. (laughs) You're listening to the Mind Made Wrong podcast presented by Steel Maggie, episode number 25B. Now, this particular episode is, it goes hand in hand with 25A. It is released on the same week. But um, the reason why I'm doing this is that Issa Diva, um, my guest on 25A, had other answers had more in-depth and more vulnerable um more raw answers that we didn't feel that we covered um the depth that she wanted to in the video interview so um i highly highly encourage you to check these out if you want to hear um more about where she is coming from all right no more front end needed this is isa diva
1: greetings from eros This is Isa Diva, and I am having a conversation with myself. Isa, tell us about your origins, and if there was ever a time where you felt like your mind or, or you were just made wrong. When I look back on my life, I distinctly remember feeling a strong desire to be like a woman, to be like a girl. Most of the times, it was feeling envious and towards other girls because they got to wear their hair long and pretty, and they got to wear the pretty clothes, and they got to play with all the pretty toys, toys that felt like that that were very much appropriate for me. But they were I was always told no, you know it's wrong. It's you're a boy. You play with boy things girls are for dolls, dolls are for girls. I look back on my life and I, I see a lot of times being angry and being violent and just emotionally frustrated and just having real no way of expressing what was really on my mind, I guess. And I guess it was just coming out in all these violent ways. You know, I was, I was homeschooled my whole entire life, up until 14, going to high school. But all that time spent at home, I was raised by my sisters. You know, my parents were either busy running a church until it fell apart, and then they were too busy trying to go to work and make ends meet, keep food on the table. So I was around my sisters a lot, and they were always supposed to be the authority figure for most of the day and I just remember all these times I was just being very, you know, just very, just frustrated and emotionally and just upset and angry and just like lashing out, you know, just like throwing tantrums. Like I'm like seven, eight, nine, ten years old and I'm throwing tantrums of like a three-year-old. And it, it felt very, just very, just very odd. You know, I, I would go through it, but at the same time I, I would even say think to myself and feel to myself you know like this is so weird like why do you act out like this in such an immature way in such a violent way you know pulling hair and trying to come you know threaten and trying to like come off like you know I'm like a real threat and pulling out weapons in some instances nothing I'm really proud of but it's the tea and you know just looking back as an adult I'm trying to like piece all those puzzles together and I just feel like it was it's all linked to just that desire to want to be just like a girl. You know, and just and I would always in my head, I was always, I would always picture myself looking like a girl, dressing like a girl, playing with all the girl toys. I never thought about womanhood. I just knew in the moment that's what I wanted. The feminine I always knew I was attracted to boys. Boys were cute to me. Boys were dreamy. Boys were... I crushed very easily. And I had many crushes, and they were all boys most of the time. Once or twice, it was on a girl. But, you know, maybe I'm lesbian. Who knows? I just remember always going through... You know, the more I got to interact with kids... You know that was later towards, like, into my teen years. I always just felt so scared and intimidated and disconnected from boys. Like an outsider always looking in. And then same thing with girls. An outsider looking in. I didn't quite belong in there because the way I looked. Um, there was this song that I really connected with at the time, like if I was five years old, it was 1998 and I had just watched Mulan and the song Reflection, um, was just so beautiful. I loved the melody and, and just the drama of it all, just the emotions. And I, one time during, after ch- a church service or something, I was out in the parking lot with some other kids and I guess I was having a moment to myself where I had to go off and just, like, you know, like the like the girls did in the movies, just go off and sing your song because you're feeling a certain way. So I went off and I sung that song, Reflection. It just felt like the right song to sing. And as an adult, I think of the words again, how it says, like, I'll never pass for a perfect bride or a perfect daughter. You know... If I were to truly be myself, I would break my family's heart. Those lyrics, they just, they they speak so much truth about me. That's exactly who I am. That's exactly how I feel. I've always felt my entire life. Going through um, just being very in a sheltered environment with strict parents and somewhat of an overbearing mother, It just created, like, just, like, a lot of fear and caused a lot of anxiety to start to just develop. And I always remember feeling on edge, feeling always scared of something. And I continue to feel that way to this very moment, just afraid. Afraid all the goddamn time. If that makes any sense to anyone. Those are my origins. Wanting to be a girl being oppressed by religion, and being made to feel scared. What is the most significant struggle you face when it comes to the relationship between your own mental health and your craft today? Thank you for your question. You look lovely. My biggest struggle would be keeping my motivation to stay consistent. I'm a child who grew up watching television for most of his days and continue to do the same thing today. I'm a very lazy person. And it's very easy for me to just be that way. If I were to go my whole life doing absolutely nothing with myself, just watch TV every day, I think I would genuinely not have a problem with it. I only care about my laziness when someone else is clocking me for it. Um, Having depression and anxiety makes it very easy to just want to curl up and not want to do anything for hours. Having marijuana and Bravo TV makes it that much harder to go for a walk instead. Instead of taking a sewing class or practicing my dancing I just waste away I guess I don't think I waste away but I guess what others think is wasting away is my reality and I think I just want listeners to know that yeah there are people in this world who face that very same reality and I would like to see more discussions about it and ways to try and help it what does self-care mean to you and how do you put it into practice self-care means to exercise eat food that is good for the mind and body practice some type of meditating or prayer i do none of these things which is probably why i'm so fucked up um but yeah i think that's what it takes to to be healthy I think that's a, good, that's a good way. That's a good way to start. What I try to practice, though, and what I think is very effective, is just spending the time to do the things that make me happy. It's not hard to know what makes you happy, you know. And you know, if it doesn't hurt others and if it doesn't hurt you, I think it's just safe to to go with those things. I like to listen to my favorite pop music all the time and I like to put on my favorite shade of lipstick and yeah even smoke some weed and I think what's important though is like doing doing more of these things but like doing it just like alone not really needing other people to be there to do them with I think it's important to enjoy being alone because in this life we are alone in some places most of the time sometimes whatever like you know everyone has a different experience but I know everyone feels loneliness at one point or another and it's not really a bad thing it's how you look at it it's how you treat that time by yourself and I just try and do that I think I'm pretty good at that right now spending some quality time with myself and just being in tune with myself. Issa, do you have any mental health resources that you use regularly? It could be a book. It could be a person. Oh, stop right there. It is a person, actually. I'm glad you asked. My biggest resource would have to be my godmother, Kimberly Turner. I met her, what is it, now, like four years ago? going on five years ago, probably. And she has welcomed me into her life with the biggest open arms. I honestly consider her like my alternate mother, the mother I always needed. She does not judge or condemn you. She just loves. She studies you. She learns all the things that make you who you are. And so you- what make you so unique? And she praises you for those things. The things that you can't see yourself, she sees them. All the doubt that you feel, she convinces you to believe in the opposite. And immediately I feel better, stronger, and braver to go out into the world and to live my truth. She's taught me that closed mouths don't get fed. And to not be sorry, but to be better. I'm extremely fortunate and extremely blessed to know Kim and to call her my friend.
0: Hey, my beautiful creators. Thank you so, so much for listening to this extra special uh, snippet, this extra little um, bonus um, from Issa Diva. And I just wanted to thank you. Um, I wanted to remind you that um, I would love if you would give me a review rating. Um, on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen and you're able to give me um, a review. um, Tell me what you have received, the value that you received from this podcast. It really helps me reach other beautiful creators just like you. All right, my friends, I will see you next week. Um, But until then, let's go create beautiful things. Bye-bye.